0: PulpMX Network Production.
1: A series of the most exciting action imaginable. five for Ryan two Welcome to the Leah Re-Racables on PulpMX.com. and weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old
2: welcome everybody to another edition of the lee at re-raceables podcast thanks for listening thanks for subscribing reviewing and all of that please keep it up Really appreciate it. These are super fun to do, and we're going to be doing them throughout the offseason here um, as well. So thank you to those guys. Thanks to the guys. Different people ride for different reasons, yet there's a common denominator that binds everyone who puts their body on the line for the sheer enjoyment That's what Liat offers as a brand. they got neck braces, of course, that they made their mark in, but now they have goggles and helmets and protective wear and riding gear and knee braces and all of that, mountain bike and moto as well. Liat really stands for as a promise of things to come. They're in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and equipment to push yourself faster, harder, and further than you thought you could go. Visit them at liat.com. Email us using the uh, contact form at poplamex.com if you want to save with Liat. We'll have a code for our listeners and still support the show and buy something from Liat and... You can save as well. Uh, Thank you to the folks at uh, Guts Racing and Scott Goggles, of course, Max's Tires, Pro Taper, all on board with us as well. Uh, Scott Sports, they've been providing the best in goggle technology to all motorsport disciplines for over 50 years. Scott's a global leader in innovation, technology, and design. They've always been proud to support racing. Uh, Just look at Mitch Payton's Pro Circuit team. Caleb Russell, Jason Anderson now, uh, Chad Weenan, Walker Fowler, across the range. Scott Goggles. they're excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the re podcast, many of which have included Scott goggles. Of course, the only goggle made in the USA. We're going to get our buddy Johnny Knowles from Scott on here as well to maybe revisit a race or two from his angle. And thanks to Maxis and Guts Racing and ProTaper, we'll tell you more about that later. With me, honestly, at Reraceables from RacerX Online, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah. So, we're breaking, we're breaking trend here a little bit. We're breaking, breaking the format a little bit with this one? Yes.
1: Yes. Multiple races. Multiple re-raceables races.
2: So, well, you have to do that when the king, Jeremy McGrath, comes out of retirement. And, uh, you know, just for fun, comes in. Yep. And, obviously, his KTM thing from 03 had gone disastrous. He did the two world rounds, hung it up after that. Then he appeared at most of the races in 03 stateside on a KTM doing a hot lap with Van Halen Dreams playing.
1: I was going to say, Steve, surely you know what song. Oh, oh. You'll never forget. Oh, You'll never forget. It, it, was, it
2: was amazing each and every week. Uh, <laughs> yes. Loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. <laughs>
1: and I know, and I, I remember going to those races when he's doing this site lap. Um, first of all, we know that KTM was not very good for Supercross, and I remember being so scared at one of the Anaheim's, it was whoops followed by a triple, and he has to do a knack-knack. Like, that's what McGrath is there <laughs> right, to do. Right, And I'm like, dude, he's going to have to nail these whoops to be able to get enough speed to do this triple. And he had to be so friggin' scared because that KTM was gnarly and whoops, and he barely got it together, and it was like the quickest. i got to get my foot back on the peg. I'm barely going to clear this jump, yeah. knack-knack, ever. Um, so these were sketchy times uh, for MC. And, yes, it was cool that they had that song, which, by the way, why was that song? I mean, I understand the song's dreams. That's what dreams are made of. But that song is before McGrath's time. I don't know why they picked that.
2: Because it's one of the greatest songs ever, Weege.
1: That's it. That's it. I mean, when I hear dreams, I think 1986. When I think Jeremy McGrath, I do not think 1986. But fine, well, you can it, have it, Steve.
2: Greatness knows greatness. That's all. Okay, that's all <laughs> that's it is. It.
1: So game, recognized game. Yeah.
2: So I was, um, I was working for Red Dog at Yamaha at this time. Uh, I was pretty, you know, in a tunnel. Buried away working and, and especially before the season, all that. Like, I don't really remember where I was, what I was doing when I heard he was coming back. I guarantee you, though, you look at his results and they're better. He came back for 05. Uh, he came back for a random St. Louis race and Atlanta race and did the West Coast races. And then in 06, he came back for the West Coast only. I got to say, I don't, I don't, I guarantee you, I didn't think he would do this well coming back, you know? Like, it's pretty you know, impressive. We'll yeah, learn.
1: yeah, we'll learn because uh, we will talk to Jeremy on the show um, because I, I'm stressing what the, that 0-3 when he retired going into the 0-3 season and did the sight lapse was like. I really think now looking back, I guess we know it was more the bike and that, that two-stroke KTM at the time wasn't ready. But it just looked like, ah, well, McGrath was over the hill. Like, he's just old and his best years are behind him and he's not that good anymore. And clearly – He had in his mind like, man, I don't want to go out struggling like so he must have felt in his mind that Mm -hmm. he if he had another shot on a on a regular bike that was, you know, okay, you know, as good as the other bikes out there that he could still ride really well. And I don't know if I expected that either. Uh, Looking back now, we could be like, oh, the reason 03 was not even possible for him to race was because of the bike, not him. But at the time, you're just thinking, well, he retired because he's done. Well, well he remember, he left in the tank.
2: 02, yeah. he got three third places. That's all he did in 02. That's it. That's it. He was. So, yes. 02, not good by his standards. Yep. 03, KTM, he struggles. But, you know, you're looking at a rider from the outside just losing his skills, you know? Yes. And, and, and I think. So you, yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. You don't think two years later. He's going to come back and actually be better than he was. Actually, he was better than he was in 2002, actually. He was,
2: yeah, probably close to, I don't know if he's better, but he's on the same level two years later, right?
1: No, and I think we're rapidly seeing in this sport um, years are changing, um, you know, with, with guys like Tomac and Anderson having great years this year at what would have been considered ancient, ancient age back in the day. It's funny to hear Jeremy say, like, I basically came to all the races in 03 and didn't race in 04, and then I was back in 05. Did it not feel like McGrath had been gone like eight years? It
2: did. It did. I remember that. Yeah, it was – he did show up at Steel City in 04 to keep his number? Yes. Um, and in DNF1? preparation one for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it was in preparation for this, but it was just to keep his number in case, I guess. Um, now, you were doing well, – you were doing yeah. webcast, yep. right, 05?
1: Yes, uh, 05, his return race was the first one I did. Yeah, Um, yeah. let's get, first of all, uh, coming back at 04 for the number. I think what's also forgotten, so first of all, the the years seem different than they are these days because of the, uh, you know, things just, guys have longer careers and longer amount of time can go. And yeah, missing two whole seasons felt like eight years back then. Now it just feels like two years. Uh, Also, McGrath was still... A big, big deal. So when the rumor was coming that he was going to show up at Steel City to save his number, I think it was kind of known, like, it's because he will probably do Supercross next year, and he wants his number for it.
2: Oh, okay. But so I, I don't like remember any time, of that. Yeah, I don't remember hearing any well, of that, well, but again, in the, yeah, you were more in the... In the I room. was
1: in the racetracks office, and, yep. you know, at that point, Davey is on the absolute cutting edge of any breaking news uh, in the industry, yep. you know? Yep. So we're just getting... I, I was working in the office every day, so you're just hearing this news like this all the time. Um, but I do feel like, like with any high-profile guy, like with Ken Roxon right now, you're not just going to call Ken Roxon on the phone and be like, Kenny, man, who are you riding for next year? Like the high-profile guys, there's always a level of secrecy involved in what they're doing. So I feel like everyone kind of thought that might be why McGrath was saving his number, but like no one was going to go straight ask him and he wasn't going to straight tell you. Um, it's just the way it is with with anybody you know, at that level, mm-hmm. like go ask Eli Tomac about switching to Yamaha before October 1st, last year, he'll stare a hole through you, you know? Right. Um, so I think it was kind of known, but not officially known. Okay. And, all right. I, I yeah. know he was scared of McGrath cause he was a huge star.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I didn't know any of that. I was working at Yamaha yeah. and, you know, obviously I saw him at steel city and, uh, yeah. and all of that. Um, so do you remember Feld, the clear channel live nation, whoever it was in Oh five, uh, they must have been freaking out about the King coming back because Todd Gendro, who's still there today, I mean, he he's a McGrath fan. So I can imagine <laughs> the, 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 the big wigs at Supercross at this time were really happy about this.
1: You know, I'm going to say the opposite because this is unfair for Jeremy. But this Anaheim 05, the first race where he returns, I'll say it. I want it on my tombstone, actually, Steve. Okay. Make sure this happens. If I go before you, okay. tell and my it, family this needs to be on the tombstone. And if I
2: go before you, you know what to do for
1: mine. Oh, yeah. he knew? Yeah. yeah. He knew. Yes. I want on my tombstone. You could put something cool about whatever, being a dad or a husband or whatever. That's cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, Steve, I want the world to know that Anaheim 1 2005 is the most anticipated supercross ever. I, I take that one to the grave.
2: Okay. All right.
1: So the problem was it was because, oh, my God, we've never seen Carmichael and Stu race. Chad Reed is defending champ. RC hasn't raced in a year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is that going to be like? And that meant that the comeback of Jeremy McGrath was not the biggest story. It wasn't. I don't remember a lot of people talking about it because the anticipation of Carmichael and Stu, which was, what, 12 years in the making? Right. What, nothing could compete with that not even Jeremy McGrath coming back.
2: Right. I do remember uh, when I first heard about it, He's like, I'm not coming back to get in these guys' way. I'm not coming back for a title. Like that was all f- like and obviously looking back, that that's clear the plan was, but putting myself back into into oh four, late O four, like yeah, no no championship aspirations, none of that going on. This is Well, I don't you know.
1: think he was not he had said he wasn't even gonna do all seventeen rounds uh anyway. It was gonna be the West Coast rounds only. So you're like, But yeah, hold no, on. Yeah.
2: I think like Carmichael's thing, though, there were people saying, well, if he's in the, you know, if he's in the mix, if he's good enough, will he keep going? I do remember that being a debate around our shop. You know what I mean? And now, obviously, like Ricky, Ricky said he's doing these seven and that's it. And that's all he did. Uh, I do remember, at least in our end of things, and of course, we're the competitor, right? We're working at Yamaha. Uh, We're like thinking, is this is this? A, is he going to be any good? And B, if he is good, are we going to have to deal with this guy? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that, at least speculation. I yeah. mean, he was being clear that he wasn't planning yeah. on it, but I can see what you're saying. Um, but also, again, because of the KTM ending and how bad he was, uh, you know, in comparison to his prime, I don't know if there was a lot of, well, what if McGrath comes back and is, like, winning races? Like, I don't think people were expecting that much. And that's what makes this so cool that he decided to do this because – he really did show that he still had it. And I don't know if a lot of people believed that at the time because mm-hmm. of the way it ended. So he honestly, I feel like it's mission accomplished. He proved he was still freaking a bad dude on a dirt bike. And the only guys I could beat him in the end, which is just mind boggling to me. He was better than every rider except Carmichael, Stuart Reed. That is complete insanity.
2: Yeah, at two races. Absolutely right. And if you're a full-time guy, factory rider... Which, you know, Ernie and um, Michael Byrne and, you know, these guys, you're like, oh, (laughs) you're like, wow. I mean, Jeremy's pretty ancient at this time. He's 32 or whatever. Uh, You know, he's not taking it seriously. You know, he's not right. And yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he has a one, two, three, four, four top five, five, sorry, five top five finishes, a bunch of top tens, uh, Anaheim 05, mutter he's he's not down for that he he'll tell us in a second how that one goes but yeah basically he uh you know w- when he's competitive and nothing happens to him he he's he's a top 10 guy or even top 5 which is pretty remarkable
1: yeah when i look back at these results i, I thought 05 and 06 he did it two years yeah. i thought they were similar but the 05 results are are not that good actually um but 06 was better and he gets the fourth on the two-stroke. And then a few weeks later, he gets the fourth again. And then, as he tells us, he decided that's you know that's as good as I'm going to get. I'm not going to podium against Reed Carmichael and Stu, so I'm good with it. Um, but I feel like his results were trending in the right direction to the point where yeah. I would argue that if he kept racing, he might have ended up being the fourth best guy in the series. And we're talking Wyndham and LaRocco and Nick Way and, and DV, Tim Ferry, like – uh, you mentioned you know Ernie a lot. And I'm like, that is ridiculous that he is yeah. in the conversation with every rider except these three just alien elite stud dudes who no one can beat. That's unbelievable. I'm not sure he's better than Wyndham at this point, but I feel like or Larocco. But well, Larocco would actually retire this year too. I don't know. I think if he had hung it out for the whole season, he might have finished fourth or fifth in points. That's I, ridiculous. I
2: think you're probably right. I think he would have because uh, he just would have been in better shape and, and everything else. Now, funny, yeah. and I had no idea until I was doing the research for this. He got – so he whole shots Phoenix on a two-stroke, does the knack-knack. People lose their minds. Yep. That's pretty cool. He gets fourth. He's on a 450. For San Diego, his last ever Supercross race where he gets fourth, I do not remember him switching to a 450 at any point. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it really does show the difference. Um, you, can, you should tell the story someday about how tunnel vision you are when you're working for a race team, right? Um, although, wait, by 06, what are you doing?
2: Oh, six. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, you are ass- out. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah.
1: Well, oh, well, then you're just doing a shitty job as a media guy. I no,
2: I'm not that, really a media guy then. I'm parts of, parts of limited guy. I'm doing, I'm no, dabbling in media.
1: Right. No obs, no obs yet.
2: Oh, there's not obs yet. No, I don't think so. Oh, no. nope.
1: wow. So there has never been an obs in Jeremy McGrath's time.
2: <sighs> I don't believe so. No.
1: Wow. Harsh. Um, again, because, uh, Davey is still absolute tip of the spear. Mm-hmm. just Phone ringing off the hook with news and info, and I'm working in the office. I mean, I might be wrong about this, but my memory is usually pretty good. I believe that as um, he was doing okay on the two-stroke. But remember, 05, like most of the guys are on two-strokes, and 06, most of the guys were on four-strokes. And he was actually one of the last holdouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was kind of weird, actually, that he was sticking with the 250. So I think every week it was like, man, that's weird he's still on the two-stroke. And then I swear, I remember before the Phoenix race, like going into the Phoenix race, Davey saying, hey, I heard McGrath's finally going to park this two stroke and he's going to switch to a four stroke. It's just not going to work anymore. And everybody's like, "Okay, yeah, he's going to struggle. It's just the time has passed for two strokes. And then he freaking pulls the whole shot, which just made it even more (laughs) uh, mind boggling. But I feel like and Jeremy doesn't even remember this timeline himself. I'm pretty sure it's the way it was. I feel like everyone already knew the two stroke thing was done uh, and the four stroke was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he really didn't make a big difference. It was it wasn't like it took him, you know, he he was basically about the same speed. It wasn't like he needed to adjust to the four stroke. He was about the same. So it wasn't that noticeable, the difference.
2: Yeah. The the everyone was on two strokes in Supercross in '05, right? And '06, everyone yeah. was on four strokes. Is that basically what happened?
1: Yeah. When we did those Canadian races, yeah. Um, you know, December '05. Right. All right. of a sudden, everybody shows up on four strokes, and it was like, what? Yeah what that's how I I remember to understand what happened.
2: Right. That's how I remember it too. Like a whole thing where it's like, yeah, Ricky's on one. James is on one. We're all on one. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All I can gather is everybody races outdoors. Oh five on four fifties. Right. And it's like, they must've got back on them. And I'm sure, I mean, you were there on the ground floor of it with with Ferry. They are advancing. I'm sure at times not as quickly as you'd like. Um, but after they rode four-strokes for four or five months outdoors, they must get back on the two-stroke. Hey, let's try what we learned with the four-stroke all summer, and everybody must have been, you know well, what? I don't think we can go back.
2: I remember Yamaha greatly tipping the scales to get Chad on a four-stroke in the sense of they took his 05 two-stroke, put, oh. it, put it away, right? Started yeah. 06 supercross testing because I was still at Yamaha then. I left pretty late in the year yeah. in 05. They started testing on a four-stroke. Do you remember the '06 Yamaha 450 was all new, aluminum frame and like yeah, one-piece yep. radiator shroud and everything? We started yep. testing on the four-stroke, uh, getting it pretty good, working on it, you know, doing a lot of things on it. And then they brought the two-stroke out for the ultimate test to decide what he wanted to do. On one afternoon at a dry, baked Corona test track, he had been Chad had been riding a four-stroke for a month or two and then they bring out the old dusty two stroke cuz i remember we kind of had to go through it to make sure it you know still ran they bring it out on a dry dusty corona track he's not as good because a it's dry and dusty and b he had ridden a two stroke for a few months and he was you know better on the four stroke and that was it the decision was made like they really wanted him on the four stroke yamaha did and they they oh, they, they game the test a little bit in my opinion <laughs> to make sure that he felt like the four-stroke was the better choice. So I remember, I specifically remember that day.
1: Wow, yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah, I, I can totally see that only because it changed so fast. Just the fact that it was like two-strokes were clearly the best Supercross bike in 05 and four-strokes were clearly the best in 06. The only other holdout that I remember is our man D- David Villeman, who still swore for Supercross the two-stroke was better. This is his uh, Buku Honda year, mm-hmm. moving to Texas, being part of the reality show. Um, which was just incredible on the unintentional comedy scale. Mm-hmm. Disaster for DV's career. Yeah. Um, but yep. hilarious to watch implode. Yep. Um, but everybody else, besides McGrath and DV, had already decided before they got to Anaheim two strokes are done.
2: Another thing I remember too was uh, the fans. They just loved to have Jeremy back. Nuts. Just all over it, loving it, which is predictable.
1: Yeah, one of the great moments is, so his first race there is that Anaheim 05 mutter, and I know in the heat race, I don't know if it was the first or second heat, but he gets out front on the first lap, and the stadium was just going nuts. I mean, the atmosphere was just electric, again, because of Carmichael and Stu going to race each other, and uh, Pastrano was there. That's why Anaheim 05 is the best, because we never had all those guys on a starting gate except for that one night only. And then to add to it, so the the crowd is like wanting something. It's like a playoff game. In, in sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the crowd is hungry for something, and you give them McGrath out front in his comeback race, even though it was raining and muddy, uh, it yeah. only lasted one lap. I think he crashed in the finish line jump, but yep. for that 30 or 40 seconds that he was in the lead, <laughs> they were losing their mind.
2: Uh, Art was losing his mind also, if you go back and watch. Yeah. I believe it was Art. Oh, maybe it was Todd Harris. Was it Todd Harris?
1: Uh, uh, This was 05, was Harris, and then 06 is Ralph. Oh, okay. Yep. So,
2: yeah, uh, Todd Harris is losing his mind. Yeah, because you can hear the yeah, crowd, yeah. the crowd yelling in the background, like just yeah, it's very. Art very... probably was
1: losing his mind, no, it just wasn't on TV. I'm sure he was, but somewhere in Georgia, Art was screaming. Yeah,
2: yeah, it it, uh, it was cool to have Jeremy back for sure, and uh, interesting to see him come back and do that well, and you know, like Carmichael had the ultimate walk off with the win in his last ever race, right, and and that was it, and he was gone, and Glover did it. Um Fourth behind the three three of the baddest dudes besides you to race Supercross is not a bad walk-off either. Last ever race, fourth place, San Diego. Not bad.
1: Yeah, 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 pretty amazing. And what's funny is, this is my final story on this comeback. So this this year, uh, I'm the first national of the year at um, Fox Raceway. It's mm-hmm. me, RJ, and McGrath. Uh, they're our color commentators for the weekend. So what is the big story that day is – uh tony caroli said he was retiring but he's going to kind of race part-time and ryan friggin dungy comes back right yeah and it was such a hot topic how's dungy gonna do why is he doing this et cetera et cetera and not only did i kind of forget that the only other yardstick we actually had was this mcgrath comeback i think jeremy himself wasn't really thinking of himself in that in that vein because it was Honestly, Steve, most of the guys, I feel, weren't stoked that Dunge was doing this because most of them would not. You're just tarnishing your legacy. Like, when you're done, you're done. Don't come back four or five years later, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but as we st- And then eventually, like, Jeremy's like, yeah, I came back, but I wasn't even really any good. And then we started looking at the amount of time he was gone and how good he did. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> if anything, you kind of proved that you can come back and Dunge is fine. Because uh, we were blown away. What did Dunge get? Fourth or fifth or something? Yeah. First race? Yeah. And it was like crazy that he could do this. But then it was like, well, wait, when you came back at that race at Still City, you you like to make fun of Lars because it was his fault that the bike broke, right?
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. But honestly, I think McGrath was top five-ish speed-wise that day anyway. And I'm like, so really, this is not that crazy. You, in in fact, yourself kind of did it already. (laughs) But I think even he wasn't comparing himself to Dunge. But honestly, that's what he did. Yeah. He took a few years off and he came back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Thank you to the folks at uh, ProTaper, of course. Star Racing Yamaha using ProTaper bars. And the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna guys using ProTaper bars and sprockets. ProTaper.com, the ACF bar, the first carbon fiber reinforced aluminum handlebar on the market. ProTaper.com, they got to sell a start device as well. And uh, they blew minds way back in the day with their crossbarless bar. And they continue to do it today. ProTaper.com for more information on that. And I want to thank the folks at Guts Racing, of course. Seat foam, seat covers uh covers on it. You can custom design your covers. Uh, Pulp 2022 is a code to save with Guts Racing. They do uh, uh, phantom lightweight seat foams. They'll make you a whole seat. They'll do uh, covers for you. And uh, it's kind of like that Nike ID thing. You can make your own colors. Really cool company up there in NorCal. GutsRacing.com for more information on that. Uh, and, of course, uh, Max's Tires, Scott, and our, our buddies at Liat as well. Liat, maybe, as we record this week... Liat may have a world championship, a world supercross championship. We'll see.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. This is happening right now with none other than uh, the Vince Freezey. Do you like the Freeze and Roxham stare down picks?
2: I do. I do. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. 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 If, if you're Liat, you're loving this. This is great. This is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yep. So,
2: um thanks to those guys for uh for coming on board. And uh do you want to uh do you want to catch up with the king, Weij?
1: Oh how could you not want to catch up with the king? just class act
2: I think this is the third time we've had him on the show I don't know, we should probably move on and not bug him so much But
1: Yeah, but it's Jeremy McGrath
2: Good point Alright, Leit re here's Weege and I and Jeremy McGrath talking about his comeback to Supercross And now as promised on the Leit re the man who we're talking about one of the greatest comebacks uh, at the sports scene in a while in the fact that you called your shot and you walked away from it it's Jeremy McGrath, what's up MC, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm so good what's up guys how you doing
2: good thanks for doing this Uh, I know we've we've, we've had you on the show before so we appreciate the time I guess like so we know the KTM thing we know how that worked and it didn't go well and honestly I didn't know if we'd ever see you race again (laughs) and then you know you did Steel City and then 05 you come back and here's a question I don't know I've ever asked you like when did you think you were coming back what, like how did I know you were testing for Honda but take us through the process of you were like hey Keho will you help me come back I feel pretty good I want to race a few races how did that go down
0: you know the way I look at it is it's it's pretty much so so I retired for real like for racing for points right so after the m situation I retired and then um that next year kind of just took the time to cruise figure out what i was doing i was still loving my dirt bike it just you know and just circumstances weren't right to keep riding so anyway uh then i start testing for keo at honda and riding hondas which is you know technically like i felt like okay the position where i need to be and i was trying pretty good so i was like what maybe i should yeah maybe i should Maybe I should race a race or two because I really felt like I really felt felt like at the end it wasn't I didn't finish under my own terms. You know, like that wasn't the pl- like the my retirement year wasn't like drawn out how I had it in my head. You know, what I mean, it just didn't work. It wasn't exactly how I planned it. So, um, I was riding good, feeling good. Um, you know, and obviously there was James and Chad and Ricky in there at the time, which were the three greats of the sport all new all up-and-comers guys that really were there replacing me and um yeah so i felt good and i was like you know what hey let's just go give it a shot let's go ride i'm having a lot of fun let's go see what happens and it was kind of the end of the era of the two strokes right it was like phasing out two strokes these guys were already riding four strokes and the writing was on the wall for that and uh so yeah so, so I started racing a few races. It wasn't a big deal. Keyhole. I was riding a test bike, so it wasn't like, oh, hey, we had to prep a brand new bike and all that stuff. It was, it was a prepped, very good bike, but mm-hmm. it was the same bike I'd been riding at the test track. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the first few races, I can't even remember what the results were. They weren't very good. Like, Anaheim, for one, um, I got into it or I, I was minding my own business and Stuart just came along and jumped in the sand pit and just railed me out of nowhere. And I was like, wow. All right. Um, I was just trying to stay out of everyone's way at the time. And I, the, yeah. So anyway, the first few results weren't that great. I think I did four or five rounds that year, just the beginning of the series and yeah. cause they were close and San Diego and Phoenix whatever. And, uh, then what was it? Phoenix. I, I raced the two-stroke. They had the split lane start, and I would consider this the last whole shot ever for a two-stroke. Is that not that night? I got the whole shot. Had a split lane start. I ended up with a lead. I did the full Guy Cooper.
2: <laughs> knack.
0: I did the Guy Cooper status. I did a trick on the first lap. So I did the knack knack over the triple on the yeah. first lap, right in front of Fonseca. <laughs> Which was, uh, you know, probably not the smartest move, but I knew I wasn't going to win the race. I was okay. like, oh, I better just make it memorable, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, finished fourth that night, which was awesome. Felt like a win for me because I get beat by the three, those three guys: Reed, Carmichael, and Stewart. And then, uh, for s- some strange reason, I think we just switched to four stroke the next week. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is where and I was. I was so confused. Was I do not. Rem- I remember you getting fourth. I don't remember you switching to. A, a, I thought. I thought your whole comeback was back on a two-stroke, and then yeah, your final round, you're back on a four fifty. Yeah, that was weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I was testing both at the yeah, time. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So it kind of it kind of made sense. And then it was also the thing like, oh, well, let's just see how how I do. I'll switch to four four fifty and see how I do. Right. Um, yeah it was it was strange but i mean you know again i don't, I don't really call it a comeback i was just kind of moonlighting you now i call it like the moonlight tour
2: okay all I'm right just <laughs>
0: having fun racing a few races well yeah you were really really like, like out there to win a title or something yeah i would consider a comebacks i would consider a comeback if you're coming back and racing for points sure in sure. which i in which i wasn't right so i kind of like done like what dungy did that was like a started out as a moonlight, and then it came in, became a comeback, you
2: know? Right, right.
0: Year, so, um, Anyways, uh, so yeah, fourth. The funny thing about that is, Stewart took me out at Anaheim, and then that night in San Diego in the heat race, like, I got a great start. James was on my outside, and I was like, no way, this opportunity to get him back is right here in front of me. I gotta take it.
2: So, <laughs> um,
0: it's basically basically put an elbow in the face got him right in the right in the face and kind of blasted him off the first turn and ran real wide and pushed him off the track uh ended up yeah i ended up losing the whole shot because i did that but but i was like oh when are you ever going to get a chance to get that i'm not going to get this chance again so i gotta do it and uh the, the funny thing about it is he came ripping through the pack uh ended up passing me went right by me and i thought for sure he was going to be wanting to just rail me when he got to me. Yeah. But he didn't. He went right by me and I, and I think the thing was is he thought Reed did it.
2: So probably. He did. I remember that
0: Yeah, he was giving Reed all kinds of shit in the heat race that night. And Reed was probably like, "What in the hell is going on here?" <laughs> and uh it turns out he finally figured it out. And James didn't talk to me for like 2 years after that because I did that. <laughs> Meanwhile, he uh, yeah. totally just cleaned me about Anaheim the week before. I guess he must have forgotten about that one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a, it was kind of a weird thing. I felt I felt really bad. I should, like James just was really mad at me for a couple of years. So I don't know. Um, huh. Obviously, it's not like that anymore. We've all he's grown up. We've all grown up and whatever. But uh, <laughs> that was kind of the funny part about that story. Uh, so, anyways, that was the heat race. <laughs> And then that night I, and then that night I finished I think I got the whole shot in the in the main and finished fourth to those three guys and being on the podium for the whole shot award with those three guys spraying champagne and stuff it was a pretty memorable moment actually I felt really really good really vindicated kind of you know right and
2: right. Uh,
0: just felt like I felt like that was that was it that was a good ending right there I needed to stop right then and ah. that was it.
2: So, you, so mi- you might have kept going, but the not- the way it went was like a... like you may have done another race or two, but the way that went and the, on the podium with the three other great supercross racers, that was the... that was your moment where you're like, it's time to walk away? That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I just knew because I'm like, it's not going to get better than this. You know, and, and that was kind of like a little bit of a rewrite to the ending of my career. Like... I guess for me, I just needed some validation that I could still ride. It didn't, you know, at the end of my career, the way it retired, the way I retired it, it was more like, yeah, you know, I just didn't want people thinking that, that I couldn't ride.
2: Right. Right.
0: And that wasn't the situation. So uh, after that, after that night, I was like, you know what, that's a perfect way to end it right there. And I have a great photo of that night, all of us spraying champagne on the podium and I have it in my trophy hallway, and that, was, that that's what I consider to be, like, my last greatest moment of
1: racing, you know? It's it cool. Yeah. I, I do remember being pretty impressive that, um, yeah, once you got assorted, you know, I, I, looking back now, I thought the 05 results were better than I thought, so I guess I'm thinking more 06. But, yeah, by the end, you had become the next best guy to, like, the three aliens who no one was beating. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. I mean, how old were you at this point? You're in your 30s, right? You're three Yeah, seasons. I think I was,
0: yeah. uh, shoot, 30-05, oh, I was 34, maybe, 33.
1: Right, and you're three yeah. seasons so. away from, you know, being a full-time racer. And I'm like, wow, officially he's the fourth best guy. The only guys that can beat him are, like, the three alien dudes that no one can beat, and you've beat the other 16 guys at the main event back-to-back weekends. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, it is, like, a, I did think of that as a win. Like, yeah. I don't think you ever thought, like, my goal is to go out there and smoke Reed Carmichael and, and Stewart.
0: No, no, my goal was to go get fourth.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Fourth, you know, did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And I did it, and I did it two weeks in a row, so I backed it up and I was like, you know what? That's as good as I'm gonna get.
1: That's as good as I am right now, and I'm good with that. So I don't know uh, if you remember I, this, I, I was but I think about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I think in that main um I think it was that main or maybe one of the heat races. I remember you got a good start and when they went by you, you were even nodding to them like, go, I'm not, I'm not here to race you guys. You can have it. And I think RC even nodded back. Like I'm not here to get in your way guys. Yeah, I
0: think we went over. A couple, yeah. Yeah. We went over a couple triples together and all that. And that, and, and that was a really highlight for me. Right. Cause I was like, look, I love the sport so much and those guys were so great and so fun to watch race. Like the last thing I want to do is get in their way. Um, <laughs> But it's more like a tip of the hat to those guys, you know, and that's why I was really bummed because James was mad at me for a couple of years. And, you know, of course, the racer in me came out at Anaheim when he totally railed me in the sandpit. Maybe he doesn't even remember it. But anyway, it was just like, what what would you do that for? Because I'm just trying to stay out of everyone's way. But uh, anyways, regardless, uh, San Diego was a good final moment for me and uh, i was
2: i was good with it did, do you yeah. remember did you have bonuses did you have a salary do you remember like any of this part of it like were you did you say hey give me give me top 10 bonuses like i don't th- th- was anything like that official uh no i don't
0: even think i was racing for hardly <laughs>
2: any money. okay was, all right just purse was, money and whatever um <laughs>
0: i had a red bull deal actually honda was paying me some money to test and whatever right. but it wasn't like, uh, yeah, and that, that's the other thing, you know, like the risk for reward was it wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't quite there. right? Um, so, anyway, it, it's, I was all fun. I would, you know, look, I've always said this, you know, I'd be riding dirt bikes, it, I'd be riding dirt bikes if I didn't make money. You know what I mean? I'd love it that much. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's always, it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, in, in that aspect, so
2: I just want you to know that in 05 I was working for Red Dog. He was mad about his wrist, his wrist was jacked up, and he parked you in Phoenix in the heat race. And I might have got more <laughs> mad at him for that moment than anything else. Like I'm like, what are you doing? That's the king. Stop that. He's not race like he's not racing you. He's not he's not here to like, you know, uh uh get the championship and all that. Like he's a part time guy. Show some show some damn respect. I was really mad yeah. at, at Ferry. Yeah, I was pissed. So, <laughs> oh, that's
0: so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, like what do you do? Don't do that to that. That's them. pretty awesome.
2: Right, you don't do that to that guy. Well, and you know?
0: and yeah, yeah, and, and we were teammates before that. So right, my gosh,
2: right, shit. right. But
0: anyway. The good, the good thing is, I don't remember that. I, lo- I love Red Dog and all. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
2: so. yeah. I was, I was very uh, upset at him. It, just, it, I just
0: it, clearly, I do, I do clearly remember getting smoked by James out
1: Anaheim. I? Yeah. <laughs> I am impressed with the revenge because right. I, you always hated that type of racing, and honestly, I can't remember. It was like when you got him back. It's like, hey, man, James is going to learn if you mess with these veterans, they'll get you back. But then I'm like, yeah, but I don't remember Jeremy doing that to anyone ever. <laughs> No,
0: typically I wouldn't do that if I was racing for a championship, right? Because it just starts a war. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always took I always took a different approach, right? I mean, today it seems like, you know, and for the past, you know, when Carmichael came in, he changed the sport. He changed it in a way that everyone needed to be a machine and you just didn't really need to like your competitors. And it just changed the whole dynamic of everything. Um, I took a different approach. I took a, like, I need everyone to think that I'm non-threatening, Uh, we're out here for fun. We're having a good time. Why would I ever want to take anyone out? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I would always say this, that I, if I was going to pass someone, I would rather embarrass them by speed than mess with them and take them out, you know, cause, cause, uh, that kind of thinking can definitely cost you a championship. So, um, I never really had to worry about anyone in the championship because they were all my friends with the exception of later in the later in my career with Ezra Lusk he was always pretty ruthless in, and and, and Amick of course we all know the story about that but mm-hmm. um, other than that you know the, most everyone else was pretty friendly and they i just had to make it make everyone think that they didn't mind getting passed by me you know what i mean so anyway that's uh, what i was always considering uh, it.
1: that's a good strategy i never Thought of it that way, or knew you were actively doing that. But that's pretty funny. Like, if we just keep it clean, I'll probably be okay. So I'm not going to elevate anything here. Let's just let's just go to the podium and go to the after party, boys. We're good.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Let's <laughs> drink beers. Let's hang out.
0: Uh, yeah, and you just and just made it made it fun and like that. So,
2: Weed, yeah, you uh, cool. you Weed and I, we did the 2005 Anaheim one mud mud bog, uh, and Weed, you brought up a great point uh, about this race, and the confluence of everybody in it. Go ahead and mention it now again, Weech.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how you've, if you've thought about this, but I always tell everybody, and we'll get there in a month or so when people are pumping up Anaheim, and it's going to be the greatest Anaheim ever. Every year they say that. And I'm like, no, we, we're done. <laughs> we, we saw it. Anaheim 2005 had you, Carmichael, uh, Stu, and Reed, and we talked about. Travis Pastrano was coming back. Yeah, Again, you were in it a bunch of other studs, you know, like Wyndham wins the race and Morocco. And it, it, I'll give red dog a nod. Like, I'm like, I don't think you're ever going to have the, an that's opening the muddy race. Yes. That's the muddy race. Yeah. I'm like, that we'll never have a starting gate. Yeah, with yeah. Pastrana MC RC, Stu Reed, Wyndham. We'll never have all you guys on a starting gate, except for that one. I'm like, so we've seen the best Anaheim ever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, we, it, we saw yeah. the best lineup. We didn't see the best race. Yes. No. Yeah. The race is a disaster. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I uh, made it about fifty feet. I crashed off the star, and I'm like, "Why would I ever even think to keep racing?" I'm like, "I'm out of
1: here." I
2: pulled <laughs> it back to the pits. I'm
1: out of here. <laughs> Do you remember though? Uh, you yeah. did. I came back for fun, but I didn't come back to ride in the mud. That's no. for sure. But I remember you briefly. I think in the heat race, didn't you lead for like half a lap, and the crowd was going insane until you like case something in the mud. But for a few moments there, it was complete glory. <laughs>
0: oh yeah i don't know i I, it may have been that way yeah i don't know you don't remember remember because that was (laughs) i I mean you you guys remember that same year at uh san francisco or whatever i was there and it was muddy too oh and uh it was rainy and muddy and and i rode practice and i was like nope i'm not even racing so I was like there, but didn't race.
2: Yeah.
0: I was um, there, but didn't race because it was money. I'm like, I, I didn't, that's not what I signed up for.
1: No. If I remember right that Anaheim won, I think you were leading the heat and this is all the first lap. And then it was like, everybody got to the finish line jump and didn't know if you should attempt to jump it or not. And I think you didn't and you lost a lead or maybe even you fell. But in for like 30 seconds of that lap, the crowd was going absolutely bonkers. Cause not only were you racing, but you were in the lead in the first race of The, year. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd I mean, appreciated, that's, that's for sure. That's pretty funny.
2: Do you yeah, yeah, yeah. do you remember thinking I, I'm, you,
0: I'm, sure I, I'm sure I was laughing in my helmet.
2: Do you remember thinking, Jeremy, for the uh for the dry <laughs> round for the dry rounds, do you remember thinking like oh like I've been gone a year and a half, but the level is higher? Or or these guys are do you remember thinking any of that, where you were like, "Oh, these—they're raising the game a little bit," uh, or, or do you remember thinking like, "Ah, you know, I'm—I'm I'm older. I'm not quite as sharp, but I could go this pace if I needed to." Do you, or do you remember thinking any of that?
0: You know, I—I I think I remember. I mean, I just remember that I probably didn't want to ride those kind of speeds because they—I, you know, we all saw what they were doing. There was super high risk in that, right? Mm-hmm. So um there's this weird thing when you retire from a sport like this when you've just taken risk after risk after risk and then you decide that you've had enough that there's this something in your body that just doesn't allow you to it doesn't doesn't let you want to take those risks anymore so that's why i like those times Jace that you were talking about when we were nodding at each other in the air and all that stuff, that was all super cool to me because I didn't really have any fight left in me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I didn't really consider, I mean, I considered that if I was out there by myself, I had pretty decent speed, but within the racing aspect of it, there's no way I was going to take those kind of risks to, you know, there was some little highlight moments. My goal was to get the whole shots, right? So my yeah. goal was to lead races, <laughs> And then, and then my, my second goal was like to finish fourth. Obviously, honestly, I was like, fourth is a win for me. So that was kind of what I was going to do.
2: Right. Right. God, the
0: crowd, hey, what
1: was the level of a uh, prep? Like, were you training per se? Were you like during the week on a, like a program? Like I got to ride two, three days a week. Like, what was that like? Yeah, no, I
0: was riding seriously. I wasn't going home and going to the gym and doing all this stuff. I was just riding a lot, so I was doing laps and doing motos, and those guys at the time were doing motos, and I was just doing them with them so and i was I was at least their speed, if not better, so I was like, Ah, let's go race a little bit, check it out, see how it goes just for fun <laughs> and they have so many races on the west coast, right that you could you yep. could race five races
1: without leaving too far from the house. so I was like, Oh, let's do that and then after each race would you like, were you, how serious were you taking it as far as were you studying video and trying to improve the bike and, and do all those normal things to gain a few tenths, or were you not sweating it like, like you would have in your championship days?
0: Uh, no, I was watching video of, of the heat races after in the truck and stuff, but I was really taking it. I was on having a fun. I was on holiday doing that. It wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> taking it like
1: they were. No. <laughs> uh- <laughs> That's pretty cool.
2: Uh at re-raceables with Jeremy McGrath. Uh, last question for me, MC, and we've covered this before a little bit. Um, your comeback, or these races you did, these these comeback races you did, the about the only bad thing about them, and there was a lot of cool things like the the whole shot and the knack-knack and the fourths, and about the only bad thing was, and we've been through this, This these races knocked down your, uh, your podium percentage, uh, I believe, to second all <laughs> yeah. time. You were first, and then... I think someone, maybe Ricky, Chad, somebody, uh, Ricky. I think, uh, uh, knocked you off of the top, h- highest podium percent in the sport ever. So, that's about the only bad thing about this. Your stats. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that that is. I mean, we've talked about it. That's that's the downside. Right? I, I diluted, I diluted my sort of percentage and
2: yeah.
0: all that stuff. But I don't know. Yeah. I felt like after what happened and how I had to retire, I kind of had to come try it. Like just for me, my own personal satisfaction. So I guess at the end of the Mm. day, it was worth it for me because those two fourths in a row really just gave me some good validation that, okay, all right, you can still ride, but now you can put it away. Now you can put it down. Sure. So, um, it was kind of a necessary evil really,
1: you know? (laughs) Uh, Only other thing I was going to ask, uh, we had some confusion, uh, coming into Straight Rhythm, because we were showing pictures of Roxon on one of these bikes that you rode when he raced Straight Rhythm in 2019. And uh, I put a caption, I'm like, here's Ken Roxon on on Jeremy McGrath's old bike. And then I got an email, and they're like, that's not MC's bike. He would have never raced an aluminum frame Honda. That's why he left Honda. And I'm like, no, you're forgetting there was a whole other 2.0 eight years later. (laughs) Um, uh, By the way, how had that bike evolved when you went back to Honda? Because we all know that 97 was a problem. Uh, how was it when you first got back on it and you first got back with the Honda people? How was the atmosphere and the bike and all that? Because obviously a lot of time had passed.
0: Yeah, look, there's no – I never had any qualms with the management. I mean, Russ, uh, uh, I mean uh, Wes McCoy was the manager at the time. Um, we got along great. I, I, you know, it's always easy to get along with everyone when you're winning everything. Um, you know, it's funny because we have all these stories from the past, right? oh, he wouldn't let me jet ski, or Honda wouldn't let me jet ski, oh, they wouldn't let me go video filming, wouldn't let me do all this stuff. But, you know, coincidentally, um, for Honda's sake, I was able to use some of those other excuses of why I was leaving Honda other than the shitty bike that they were bringing out. So (laughs) it was kind of a, a good thing for honda at the time that i had those other excuses of them not allowing me to be myself right um so um you know the evolution of I'll, look eric keogh is one of my personal friends one of my you know one of my idols when i was coming up uh someone that i really respect and we we got along great he's a team manager lars of course i mean everyone at honda they're all my friends um so the evolution of that two stroke from Oh, uh, 97 to like Oh four was, was huge. Right. Um, and I really enjoyed the bike. I really enjoyed it at that time, but it's just the first model, you know, was really not that good, uh, not good at all actually. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, if I wanted to keep winning, I had to move, I had to change. So that was, that was it. I mean, look yeah. what happened to Tortelli. I mean, he, he crashed so many times and, yeah. Even Lust crashed for so many years. Like it took five years for that thing even to get close to to working right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. La- La- but, uh, yep.
0: And I wasn't the guy to do it. I, I needed to win races.
2: <laughs> Lars uh, yeah. Lars loves to yeah. make the joke about he was a Honda test guy and it's his first rider is Jeremy McGrath. Like, here, 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 you're a mechanic now. You're going to work for some guy named Jeremy McGrath. Good luck, Lars. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. He, he always he – always, we always laugh about that. Yeah, he's, he's like, talk
2: about now. pressure. Yeah, no pressure. No, Don't worry about it. Uh, well, awesome, man. Uh, thanks for the time, as always, uh, on the Lee at Re-Raceables, And uh, really cool, man. I, I think I mean, the whole shot in the knack-knack is still something that, you know, for all the things you've done, and it's a ton – that still gets brought up a lot, you know, on a two-stroke and everything else. So, yeah, it's funny, right?
0: I I, I laugh about it even today because that's not as as let's just say as confident as I was back then. I still that's so out of character to do something like that on the. But uh, I was I was.
1: I was channeling my inner Guy Cooper on that one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I remember this mad scramble um, for someone to have a photo of it um, because they're like, oh, that's the awesomest thing. Like, it's you know, this could be his last race or maybe the last time he leads. And then we knew that the two strokes obviously were. I, I remember at that moment thinking, like, well, we might never see a two stroke lead a race again. But to find a photo was difficult because none of the photographers are shooting the triple on the first lap expecting to see a trick. So it's like, yeah, there was yeah, one yeah. Guy yeah. Exactly. Like no one is, yeah. they're shooting the whole shot. Not I give it a get shoot the first jump in case somebody does a knack knack. And there's one photo we did get, uh, but it was shot from pretty far away because yeah, no one was expecting that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, again, I mean, I. Uh, it, it's so out of character, but it's so funny. We talked about that in the pits. if, if I got the whole shot, that's what I was gonna do. But only my couple, you know, like Lars and a couple guys knew about it. It wasn't like, you know, I sh- I sh- I sh- I would have been jinxing myself. For instance, if I would have told photographers, "Hey, yeah, get ready," because if I get the whole shot, it's going down. You know, like that's yeah. just so cocky and so out of character. <laughs> I, mean, I was pretty confident, but I wasn't that confident. You know. <laughs>
2: Good pretty cool. stuff. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, you guys, have an awesome weekend, always fun. Whatever you need, just let me know.
2: Thanks, right. man. See ya.
1: You got it. Thanks.
2: Good stuff. Thanks to Jeremy. Uh, absolute true story, Weege. I yelled at Red Dog for taking him out in the heat, and, and, and I don't remember <laughs> if he knocked him down, but he hit him damn hard and, like, upset him, and uh, I was not happy with, with, with Tim Ferry yelling at him back in the pit. So
1: Now, was this uh, like his frustration coming out? Is that the point you're making?
2: Yeah, th- yeah. R- R- Ferry was mad about his wrist and, and, and problems going on. Maybe it was a knee. It was something. And uh, he was riding angrily. And, um, yeah, he uh, took out Jeremy for no reason. So. No, you don't do that. No, you don't do that. No. A- a- and, yeah, he deserves more respect than that. That's for sure. Um so um yeah funny funny stuff and then yeah, also yes yep. too if Jeremy uh I don't remember the exact uh stat but yeah I did the math one time and and uh yeah his uh his comeback uh, got him down a little bit in the stats but hey he like he said he needed he needed it right he needed the validation of a fourth uh but it does bring his knock his stats down a little bit these uh 10 or 12 races he did
1: Yeah yeah that's funny how that worked out he did awesome but it actually hurt him
2: in a way, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, any anything else? Any other takeaways from from him from the uh, from his interview?
1: Um, just an incredible, uh, you know, McGrath's all class, and you know, maybe it was a little different back then. You know, you know, you're retired for twenty some years. You don't need to be nearly as competitive and ego. But how cool is it That even he is like, yeah, I wasn't going to beat those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even he, this is the greatest Supercross rider ever. And even he is just singing the praises of how Gnarly, Reed, RC, yeah. and Stu were at that time. The Stu thing cool. is funny.
2: Yeah, he he teed Stu up. Uh, I tried to find it online. I've seen it a bunch, but for whatever reason, I couldn't find it this time around. But it, it's out there uh, floating around. But, yeah, he kind of checks up, lets Stu come in and turn, and then just blasts them. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yeah, welcome back. Yeah. Here's some revenge, right? So.
1: Yeah, well, that was interesting. I did not know this strategy because you never saw Jeremy do that. He, he never no. liked racing that way. He didn't like people racing him like that, and he didn't dish it out either. Uh, but then to know, well, he maybe could have more, but it was a strategy to never race like that. And then since he didn't have to worry about points, <laughs> he could finally do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: But my point is more that you're the greatest ever, and you know his point on this show is those guys were unbelievable.
2: Right, right. Yep, absolutely nope. right. No, really you know, cool. you're totally, like, You're totally right.
1: Uh, another guy in his position could easily be like, you know, if I had been training, if I was taking it seriously, I probably could have run with him. Like, no, he's not even trying to put that out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, no, well, well said. You're absolutely right. Um, McGrath yep. uses Max's tires to this day. Uh, Max's tires on his Kawasaki right now whenever he's uh, racing or even on his UTV. Big UTV guy MC is now. Uh, so please check out Maxxis Tires, yeah. mountain bike tires, uh, light truck tires, UTV tires, dirt bike tires, MXSTs, uh, you know, McGrath, A-Ray, Cade, all the greats using Maxxis. Uh, so please check it out, Maxxis.com, for more information on that. I believe A-Ray will be in Maxxis Tires in 2023. I think he's done his deal. So he will be Maxxis. Putting his, a program
1: together? Yeah, putting a he's program, putting program together.
2: together. Yep, yep.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, well, Phil and Ryder for the weekend, back in his old... Uh, H-E-P-P-M-G Suzuki team
2: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yep. uh, thanks yep. to Liat by the way use the code uh, If we'll send you a code if you use the contact form on com to save with Liat.com they head to toe they have you covered I've got some of their mountain bike stuff uh, and uh, yeah they make really good protective wear so thanks to the folks at dot Liet, Liat.com who have indeed Weege I'll break this news to you on the show they've renewed oh. they've renewed the re-raceables for 2023
1: oh we're gonna do more?
2: yeah we gotta do more
1: you gotta do more. Yeah, all right, we'll call McGrath again then. Okay, all right.
2: Yeah, we'll get on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so
1: thanks to the folks at Liat for uh, for innovating, for back on the show, and just for being innovative. I've always just respected that their stuff is different. Their stuff is different than everybody else's. Um, and I'm not just talking the neck brace innovation. You know, they were the first to do that. But in general, you know, you look at their gear and it's a lot different than what everybody else is doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to Scott yeah. and Pro Taper and Maxis and Liat and Guts Racing. Time for the Liat re-racing reraceable Categories. Let's do this, Weege. Liet, re categories. We're going to... Well, is, let's
1: uh, specify here. Yeah. We 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 pick, we are... We're talking about the McGrath comeback in general over the course of two years, but we did pick one specific race for the categories.
2: Yeah, we kind of had to because, uh, yeah, it just makes more sense. 2006 San Diego, his last one. That's yeah. the race. That's the, the category race because Jeremy McGrath's last ever USA Supercross and got that fourth, as we've mentioned. So, uh, yeah, we can... That's the race we picked. So, uh, yeah, uh, the first category, and it's uh, it's an easy one. Who really won the race? I mean, James Stewart really won the race, but Jeremy McGrath really, really won the race. Fourth place.
1: Fourth place, walking off, feeling some vindication, getting a whole shot of word, sharing some podium time.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: whatever, I'll just be contrarian. James Stewart won, so there you go. Congrats, James.
2: Okay. All right. Sounds yeah, good.
1: He really won. Uh, he really did win.
2: He he really yeah. did win. This one's going to yeah. be. This one's almost impossible. Uh, and it is. Um. Uh. Who uh, who's that guy award? And it is. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. None of it works. Right. Like we we know everybody. Uh. There's a guy who got 12th in the 250 class from Fork Dodge, oh, Iowa. Whoa. Yeah. Whatever happened to him?
1: Uh. On the number one fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, three-digit rider, not really well-known, not from a hotbed, Fort Dodge, Iowa. Justin D. Brayton, taking mm-hmm. 12th.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Did he amount to anything?
2: No, I don't believe so.
1: I'll go. Coming in. Hey, I want to say this. Mm. Brayton, just all we do is set record, Steve, has to be the longest reign of a champion in the history of the sport because just last night in Australia, he was running the number one play. Still the defending Australian Supercross champion dating back to 2019 because they didn't have a series in 20 or 21. How about that? Mm. A three-year reign.
2: When there is another summer cross, he shall be surpassed. Oh. Okay. He, shall, years. he shall be surpassed. <laughs> so but he will still be number one? But for now, yes, JB okay. has it. Uh,
1: still the reigning Supercross champion for Australia dating back to 2019. Love it.
2: I'll go... Although I've heard of him, I know the least amount about Daniel Sanai. 20th place, 250, Supercross made event. Obviously heard of him before. Obviously know a little bit about him. But I know probably the least amount about Daniel Sanai. So we can go with that one for Um, for who's that guy.
1: I even dug into the uh, the LCQs here. Oh, you did? Oh. To try to find somebody. Dennis Ewing got 13th. I probably know who that is. But I can't quite place... And Jeremy Chossie is 15th in the LCQ. I, I don't know. That's all I got.
2: Rarick will know. Rarick will know. Oh, yes. We were
1: going to hit up by Seth Rarick very quickly. Probably was in Dennis Ewing's wedding.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. Probably. Yep. Exactly. Um, yep. All right. the uh, re, 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 suppose Lit Kid Award. Lit Kid Award. Um, I really like Chad's 05 stuff, but this is 06. This is a new year. Um, I haven't seen... Any pictures from this race necessarily to, to comment on it?
1: Yeah. It's, uh, uh, this is not a good era. I'm going to keep saying yeah, this. I said this yeah. several times. This is not a good era. I 6 07. I didn't like gear. Yeah. 6 07. Didn't look good. No. I, uh, I don't know what was going on with the designers, but uh, they were not. Gear was ugly.
2: I tell you, I I did like the shift Geico stuff. I don't know if they were Geico oh, yet. That's I, good. I, I they were maybe they're Amsoil or, at this point. I don't know. I like the shift stuff that these guys had uh billy linovich and josh grant and those dudes right
1: yeah that's pretty good
2: yeah that's nice stuff um yeah obviously uh james's stuff we talked about fox fox stuff with carmichael and Stu. not their highlight around this time thor stuff with jeremy looked pretty good um and all that so I'll, i'll i'll go with the factory connection look around this time i really liked it shift stuff looked good um Shit kid. O- got, uh, okay. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Go. Oh, yeah, go ahead with your worst. Yep.
2: Shit kid award. It might it pains me a little bit to do this. I don't even know if I should do this. I I can take the easy way out and pick a Fox guy because we've talked about it before. Lots of swirls, lots of circular yeah. designs, lots of, you know, mystic um psychedelic yeah. designs and shapes. But I'll probably go with Tim Ferry's O'Neill Moto Triple X gear. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. Timmy was on a on a Honda. It was gray and red and, um, yeah, I didn't not – I think I think it was a Moto-specific – Moto-Triple-X-specific design even. So, yeah, I'll go with that.
1: Uh, that's pretty jacked up. Um, that's two shots of Timmy in this, mm-hmm. this pod. Yeah. Gosh. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, this is going to be uh, – I'm going to break some records here. This is so strange. I'm going to pick the same gear company for both the Lit and Shit no. Is that possible? Uh, yes. Sh- sure. Yeah. Yes, but keep in mind it's partially because the l- the l- the level is so low, the bar is so low on gear design in six, Everybody's gear looked pretty bad, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to say the best. Uh, Wyndham is a no fear guy, as usual at this time. I believe still, and I mean, if if my Google image search can be believed, his no fear kit is okay. It's fine. But at the same time, I think one of the all time worst looking looks is Villemin's buku Honda. And I'm like, yeah, I found some photos. Gear looks bad. Graphics look bad. There's just too much going on. And then, lo and behold, it's no, it's no fear. So I am both picking the best and worst, lit and shit, both same brand. No fear. Okay. Congratulations.
2: All right. Yeah. I, I like the Jeremy red and white look that he had this year a lot. You know, I thought that looked pretty good with the big Honda wing on it. Yeah. 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 Thor, yeah, Thor. Thor, Thor, yep. Thor stuff. Yep. Uh, for whatever reason, Wyndham wasn't at this race, or did he already hang it up? In 06. Oh,
1: six? No, no. No, he had many good years ahead of him. Yeah, what am I saying? Oh, so you know what? Where that's right. He? he came back. He got hurt. He broke his arm at the beginning of the year. I'm trying to remember when he came back. Was he not back by this one?
2: No. No, he was not. He was oh, not then the I can't
1: count Wyndham. Well, that's part of the reason that McGrath, like I said, was becoming the fourth best guy. Because Wyndham wasn't there yet. Maybe he came back by Orlando. Uh, he broke his arm? Orlando. Like
2: in Soupy? Like at a race? He broke
1: his arm in the uh, offseason. No, Oh, off season. okay. He was All not. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, November, December, and then uh, came back for the second half of the year. Oh, so when would not have been in this one. He was a couple of weeks uh, out before he would return. Yeah. Um, well, there goes my lit kit. Mm. Fine. We'll just pick um, the super boring blue and white every week that Chad had to wear with the Yamaha. That's fine.
2: Right, right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Lear Raceables category. Uh, where's JT? Well, he's, uh, he's Subway Honda, probably not getting paid. 16th. Yeah. <laughs> At uh, San Diego 06, uh, right behind Clark Styles and right ahead of Tyler Evans and, and two ahead of DV. Uh, yeah, definitely not getting paid at this point. But JT, 16th.
1: That is classic JT right there. It is
2: classic JT. Uh, 12 to 16.
1: Yep, just rock solid.
2: Yep, right in the mix. Yeah. Um, yep. Jacob Marsack Award for the rider who did the best that you may not ever think of. Weege, I'll give you the floor. I think there's an obvious choice here. Uh, there is yes, absolutely.
1: Really? I, go ahead. I, I, nothing out here is completely blowing my mind, so I'm confused as to what that would be.
2: So, in a 450 Supercross main event, Eric Falejo getting tenth is just a, is just something that you you, you saw a lot.
1: <laughs> that did that did come to mind, but then I was looking at who he beat. I mean, he did beat Timmy, was right behind him. Uh huh. But the rest of the guys, I don't know. To me, it's just a group of privateer dudes. You know, Jeff Gibson, Jerry, Yuri Dostal, okay. JT, Clark right. Styles. All right, fine. Top 10.
2: I, I, that's what I'm looking at. Like a top 10 in 450 main okay. event. And, and this is early in the year. Injuries aren't, you know.
1: That is true. No peak true. injuries all yet. Right, but, so I'll give it to him.
2: But, yep. you know, I, obviously something happened to Travis Preston. He got last. Um, and Villeman, yeah. who knows, 18th bike or body with David Villeman at this point. Yeah. Um, yep. So, all right. I, I mean, you'll go. Vallejo also?
1: Uh, you're right. Eric Vallejo, that probably is – I I guess Eric Vallejo is walking the world saying I got top 10 in a 450 main. I would have been like, yeah, I could see that. But I could also not see it, I guess. So I'll give it to him. Yes. In mm. a top 10.
2: And that is Eric Vallejo's best ever 450 supercars finish.
1: His only top 10.
2: He got 11th uh, a few weeks later in Houston. But, yes, that is his only top 10
1: in That's 450s. That's a pretty strong Jacob Marsak award. That's yep. a pretty strong. Yep. Yep.
2: Unless, in 05, was it called 250 Supercross or was it called 450 Supercross in 05?
1: Do you it remember? It still was 250s in 05, yeah.
2: Well, they got eighth in Vegas. Oh. Uh, I just didn't see, know if that's this... that's what I remember. Okay. I,
1: I think that's the problem. I remember him having a great race and then, you know, Vallejo was always a star at the banquet the yes. next night. Yeah. Um. So, I guess I thought he had more top tens than that, but maybe it's because that one Vegas weekend just... <laughs> overshadowed everything else he's done
2: yeah yep yep uh i I think you're right um
1: but to your point it's harder to get 10th at like round six than it is to get eighth at the final round it is
2: yeah absolutely no for sure uh all right that's the leet re-raceable categories uh good times thanks to our sponsors scott and guts pro taper maxis and the guys at leet for making this happen thank you to jeremy mcgrath as well always good to have the king on and uh yeah, we each, uh good stuff for for Jeremy's comeback. Let's not forget. He was solid. He was really good. And uh maybe maybe it's kind of lost the time in the 72 wins and you know everything else. Uh yeah, he was solid. So
1: we we need to hold this up as a better sample and example because I feel like when dudes like Dunge are coming back and it's like, "Ooh, how is this going to go?" Uh we need to forever be like, "Well, McGrath came back two whole seasons after retiring." and he could get top five. Like, why are we not using this yeah. as, as a yeah. as a yardstick of, like, yeah, you can come back and not get lapped. You can come back and not be a complete disaster. Because he didn't race it all in 03. He didn't race it all in 04. By the time he came back in 05, mm-hmm. he was not embarrassing himself.
2: Perfect. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We need yeah. to bring yep. that back around more. Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, all right, Weech, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Leah And, uh, yeah, t- tell a friend why don't you. Thanks, bud.
1: All right, see ya.